Little Roots podcast. Um, I'm going to be your host tonight. Uh, Tony is my name, and with me tonight, I have the pleasure of speaking with uh, with Speedy or Marty's his first name. Um, we spoke before uh, previous episode. We talked about um, the controversial video games and kind of just where that's led, more or less. Um, but then that, uh, Marty, if you want to say your hellos. Hello. Thank you, United by Stripes, again for having me. Uh, I'm really excited about getting on this and then talking about some stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Um, like I said, super stoked that you're here. Um, but yeah, so today we're, we're essentially going to talk, uh, we're going to talk about deployment. Um, deployment, military history, in a sense of uh, your, your career personally uh, with the Marine Corps. Um, kind of dive in, into some other cool topics um but yeah i think it's gonna be it's gonna be a good episode and uh we're really excited for you to be here so let's i guess let's jump right into it so i think uh let's start with this so let's picture when did you graduate high school uh 2005 okay 2005 uh man i was 15 i was a freshman (laughs) in high school but i so Um, so i graduated in 2005 but i actually enlisted in 2001 So you you enlisted as a freshman? Yeah, so they had... I don't know if the program still exists or if it was actually a real program or anything like that. What we were able to do was... Um, once 9-11 happened, that's the reason I, I wanted to go in. I wanted to join, everything like that. And uh, once that happened, I ended up going to the Marine Corps recruiter and I was like, hey, I want to join up. And they're like, all right, son, bet. So within a month and a half, I was able to sign my paperwork and everything like that in 2001 or 2002, one of the two. And I was able to go through this uh, program called the pulley program. So the pulley program is basically something to where it helps people who are going to basic training and it gets some kind of um, the idea of what's going to happen when you go to basic, the all the, the ranks and stuff like that. Um, but I just never went to that. Early early exposure, huh? Yeah, kind of early exposure. Yeah. But it was also, too, to make sure that you were fit, like, in shape to, when you went to boot camp. But, yeah, so I, I enlisted, or I signed all my paperwork in 2001, and then uh, graduated in 05, and then you went to basic. Right? If you're yeah. not 18? Uh, your parents have to sign for you. Okay. And which both they did. My mom did not like that, but, you know, it is what it is. That's funny. So with me, so my father, he served 13 years in the army, uh, 13B. And he is funny through high school. That was so my birthday was um, it's coming up, actually. It's in on Sunday. So September 11th is my birthday. My goal oh. birthday is uh, 9-11 of all, all dates. Fuck. Yep. Really, really interesting day. Um, didn't become about me anymore. Right. Yeah. Sad day. But uh just kidding. So so that was when I was in fifth fifth grade, I think it was, two thousand eleven. I was eleven years old. Yeah, so fifth fifth or sixth grade, okay. And <laughs> I remember so think about this. So our time in the Middle East uh mm-hmm. lasted such a long time. Mm-hmm. So to to the extent of when I got to high school it's still going on, right? The conflict in Afghanistan and Iraq is still going on in the Middle East. And my dad, uh, he again, he served. 
infantry. He was like, dude. Um, and I told him I, I was interested in, in joining. And he's like, hell no. You're not, you're not doing that. You're absolutely not doing that. And I'm like, why? You know, the military teaches you discipline, um, teaches you. There's just good things it does teach you as, as far as character. But he was more concerned about the other things. Um, you know, there's there's things, you know, you could get hearing loss, uh, body damage to your body, your physical um, loss. Um, if you do get deployed, God, you know, obviously the worst is, you know, you're dying. But there's there's he was, he was more concerned about the negative connotation than um, than the positives. So he goes now at that time they were talking about possibly drafting. Okay? Yeah. Now, yeah. They, haven't, they haven't drafted at that point since um, probably Vietnam is my guess. And he's like, if, 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 uh, you know, selective service, obviously you have to do at a certain age. He's like, dude, if you're, if you're getting drafted, I want you to march your ass right down to, you know, the recruiting office. And I want you to sign up for the, the furthest thing away from the battlefield you're going to find. I'm like, Oh God. Okay. So, but he, he did not want me joining at all by myself. So, um, which is understa which is understandable because uh with him being infantry, he understands and he knows like what happens. Uh whether it's in whether it's either on the battlefield or just like the BS you have to go through, or whenever you get out of the service, there's no opportunities for you. There's no job opportunities. You got a couple you got a couple things. You got the police force, you got contracted overseas. And you really may, and you, you may do that, or you make a career out of it. Yeah, or you may have some kind of like a like agency reach out to you or join an agency where you're um, doing like protecting people as a you know like walk into houses or like personal security. There it is. Mm -hmm. There's not very many options for it. So when you get out of the military after being an infantry guy, you're in a very bad spot after getting out because no one wants you other than police force but if you go to the police force and you have ptsd that's a it's a huge thing um that's huge like yeah sure. yeah it's a huge thing when it comes to the evals because they think you're crazy uh and then uh, as an instructor for weapons that's really not to, to go to somewhere where you're trying to be a weapons instructor there's not many people who are looking to hire weapons instructors. And then to go to contracting overseas, I mean, you get paid a lot of money, but again, you just got back from being deployed. You you left all your family, at least for me, twice. And then going back overseas again and again and again and again. For the amount of money, I mean, it's worth it, but uh, it's all about how you look at life. If you want to, if money's more, worth more than your family, then yeah. But, I was going to say, is it really. I mean, your over overseas pay is is nice, but is that worth you or your family losing you mentally when you come back? You know, you're you're yes, each time. Yes, okay. definitely not. And I had an opportunity when I got out of uh, out of the military to go overseas and teach people with weapons and stuff like that. And they were offering me uh, at the time like 120, 130, all tax free, but it just wasn't worth. Just not worth it, man. So, okay, so 2005 comes along. Yep. You turn, you turn eight, 17, or you see, turn 18, you graduate, you go right in, correct? Yeah. You want to okay. hear, hear a funny story how why I wanted to go in? Sure. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you better be ready for this one, buddy. So, <clears throat> so I originally, so September 11th happened, right? Mm-hmm. I woke up. Everything was fine. Everything was normal. I I, I smoked a bowl in in my house. <laughs> it only gets better, buddy. Trust me. I promise. Anyways, drove to school, smoked another couple bowls inside the parking lot at school. Went inside the homeroom. Um, everything was fine in the homeroom and everything like that. It's probably like eight thirty. Uh, and then as we're getting ready to go to our first period, go to first period, everything's fine. And then we're getting out of second, like first period going to second. Someone comes up to me and they, they looked at me like was like a dead ass face. Like someone threw, like threw a plane into the twin towers. And I'm going to be honest with you. I ne- I'd never even heard of the twin towers. The Twin Towers was never even a thing for me. I've never heard about like the Twin Towers in New York or anything like that. So I kind of like laughed at it. I was like, "What do you mean someone?" That was a joke. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What do you mean someone flew a plane into the Twin Towers?" And I'm like, "Yeah, the Twin Towers. They threw a fucking plane into it." And I was like, "What the? F- what are you talking about, dude?" Because I did I honestly had zero clue about what the Twin Towers were. So as this happened. Uh, they come over to the loudspeakers and said, everyone go to their homeroom, everyone go to their homeroom. And once I finally got back to my homeroom, that's when the second plane hit. And once the second plane hit, I was like, yep, that's it. And the next day, I went to talk to Marine recruiters and uh, signed my papers two days later. Jesus, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I had zero clue what the Twin Towers were. It was ins- A lot of people were... A lot My of dad watched it live. The second one. Yeah, I watched it. I watched the second he, one too. Yeah, it's crazy. We, you know, it's weird. Every mm-hmm. you know, every year d- during this time, they start airing documentaries. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, a bunch of things about nine eleven, and there, I remember one parent of, of 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 a child that was on one of the planes, like you know, grown up, but like, yeah, the parent was like. I honestly can't watch these videos anymore because it's like watching my my kid die every single time. Yeah, that's insane. It's crazy to so, think. Yeah, dude. It really is crazy. It's, it's it's messed up. But like you said, like you you probably weren't the only one. You know, you see that happen. Um, George W. Bush gets on uh, on TV and goes, "Hey, um, we've we've narrowed this down to a terrorist attack." Um, we're going to unleash hell on the Middle East. Now, if you were to fast forward, probably, God, I don't even know how many years. I was definitely in high school. I, I remember, th- this is kind of like fast forwarding. I remember in an in advanced comp in high school, there was a, a topic, it was, it, was a, it was a debate, and you had to write a, an, uh, a de- what am I thinking of? It's an essay, but you had to, oh, a persuasive essay. Oh my gosh! So you, you had to write a persuasive essay on a topic. Uh-huh. my topic was that at that point, you know, remember this is in high school and there, the the war in Iraq's going on for uh, let's see, two thousand one, six years, know, six seven eight, maybe yeah. six seven eight years from then. I, I my my point was that 
whatever troops we have over there should bring them home. I felt it so because I was watching documentaries about uh, these 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 uh, American soldiers who were just basically doing convoys for for oil tankers. Like their purpose is not there anymore. You know what I mean? Like the purpose they went over there for is well, what? from what we were told, like what the the public was told, right? Yeah. So, right, exactly. So, um, my 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 side was we need to bring them home. This shit, this this is stupid. Okay, people are dying for literally no reason. We're we're hitting random IEDs. People are dying. It's stupid. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. And my best friend, so very good friend of mine, um, he. He was on the other side of the fence. He's like, well, we should we should leave our troops there. I'm like, well, why do you say that? He goes, well, it keeps di- uh, diplomacy there. And it, you know, it keeps the peace. And I'm like, dude, you know, of course. And he's also a, 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 a Christian, a, a Christian friend of mine. And I was like, dude, you, you also know that that area of the world has been fighting each other for thousands of years. And you think, you think a Western civilization and their uh, their diplomacy or their 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 government is really going to keep the peace doubt that i highly doubt that there was there was there's multiple reports of of um locals in that area saying they don't want us there there's it's causing more problems well yeah yeah there's you can speak more to that than i can but that's just again things i've read and me and him got not in an argument but my like, <laughs> My dad goes, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the what do you say? Of course, it's coming from a kid that would uh, that wouldn't fucking sign a piece of paper to to, send, to to risk his own life to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always the people that have these these very um, harsh opinions, and they're very opinionated, but they're also the same people that won't risk their life for someone else. Well, it's also too the people who just don't understand their culture. I think that's a that's a huge thing when it comes to. Uh, either war in Iraq or Afghanistan or anywhere in general, to be honest with you. Uh, I will say, you know, um, yeah, there are times that don't, they don't want us there because we make, we make the civilian life in Iraq, Afghanistan, and only, I can only say Iraq and Afghanistan because that's the only way I've been. I can only say that because we make the civilian population's life 10 times harder when we're there because now they have to one deal with Americans and then two deal with the Taliban and an insurgency so when the Americans come in they start asking questions now uh, the, they have Taliban people who are looking over these guys getting investigated like getting you know talked to by us now is that putting them into a situation with the Taliban possibly so yeah <laughs> they're not going to like us be there Wait, are we there to help them? 100%. Have we have we been there to help them? 100%. Does the media show how much we help them? No. Has the media shown how much they care that we're there and how much we do for them? No. But it is what it is. You know? It's almost like the same same situation of Vietnam. Yeah. It's almost the same thing. It's like it's it's this uh political uh hey, you know, we're was it what fucking movie was that? It was wasn't the the movie called like WM No 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 no. It was called the Green Zone. With uh Oh no, I try to stay away from that. Kind of stuff. Hold on. But yeah, I mean it I wouldn't say it's not near as bad as like Vietnam. It is. It's Matt Damon. So Well, I mean I love Matt uh, Damon. 
I mean, I'll take him to Bountown if I needed to. Uh, what? Uh, I mean, tch, great actor. Great actor. He's a good actor, dude. One. You watch some of his videos, movies? Okay. Good Will Hunt. So, storyline was conceived from a screenplay written by who doesn't matter. It's based on a, a 2006 nonfiction book, Imperial Life in the Emerald City, by a journalist. The book documented life with the Green Zone in Baghdad during the 2003 invasion of Iraq. Um, okay, so the key, the key players in the film are General Mohammed al-Rawi, who is hiding in Baghdad during the invasion of Iraq, and U.S. Army Chief Warrant Officer Roy Miller, who's Matt Damon, um, a mobile, or he's an MET. Oh, yeah, MET I've seen leader. that. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. He's searching for yeah, Iraq yeah. weapons, you know, WMDs. So, but that, he, he finds, but later on, he finds a majority of that. The stuff that he was told, is yeah, why. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. your invasion, you're invading this area because there's yeah, WMDs he, all over the place. Yeah, he gets left behind. Like, no, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, well, he, well, the people who was saying, the people who was saying that, basically backstabbed him, and he had to go somewhere else, and they finally believed him because he had a, like, uh, like some kind of evidence or some shit. But no, so it goes, Miller finds that the majority of the intel given to him is inaccurate. His efforts to find the true story about the WMDs are blocked by U U.S. Department of Defense official Clark Poundstone. Uh, I got you. So essentially, they're told, the government's like, you're going in there, you're infiltrating, you're doing this on purpose because of WMDs. That's obviously very important, so but, makes sense. Go ahead. But when you sign that, when you sign that document... Like for me, when I signed that document, I knew my life for at least the next eight years because you have four, at the time when I first signed it, you have four years active, then you have four years inactive. What that means is you have to serve your four years on active duty, and then after your four years active duty, you have inactive duty, which means at any point in time, if we go to war, they they have to call you up, or if they do call you up, or whatever, you have to show up. Mm -hmm. So you're technically, when you sign that document saying, you know, I'm wanting to join the military and everything like that, you're literally signing an eight-year contract. And a lot right. of people don't understand that. Nine times out of ten, they're not going to call you on an act of duty. I don't think it's been a thing um, forever now. But just you're still signing that document. You know what I mean? But, Isn't an act of duty the same thing as, like, the guards? No, no, no. So like the like the guard or reserves or anything like that, you have to show up every month or some something like that. I've never did reserves or or the guard, but from what I understand, my dad was in that after he was active. Yeah, from what I understand, with the reserves, every month you have to do some kind of training with the Marine Corps or whatever branch you're in. Uh, but with inactive duty. You could be out for four years and not have anything to do with the Marine Corps, not have anything to do with any kind of branch, anything like that. Uh, you go to work, do your normal thing, normal life. You're basically out of the Marine Corps or whatever branch it is. You're basically out. But if something was to pop off and they need bodies now, mm -hmm. and we go to like World War Three, they can call you up and be like, yep, you're coming now. And be like, well, I got out four years ago. Well, here's your inactive duty service, buddy. Let's go. But to to caveat off that real quick, 
to, to talk about what you were talking about before. Uh, when you send that paperwork, you don't you don't have that time to ask that questions. You're not really there no, no, to. No, no, I agree. I agree. You're not really there to question your leadership. And unfortunately, with in that like movies and stuff like that, they have that ability and they do all this stuff. Like you do, you do. Uh, you do what you know what they tell you to do and everything like that. But at the same time, um, you're not really there for what your leaders are telling you to do. You're there for your boys. You're getting deployed. You're there to help them. You're help. You're there to save them. That's really why you're there. You're getting told to go do something. You guys are gonna go do it together. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of what I saw. Um, because there was a lot of people at that point. Uh, let's see, two thousand, two thousand eight. So when two thousand eight election, that's actually my first election that I got to vote vote in. Um. I did not vote Obama. I'll put it that way. Uh, I'm a conservative, but nonetheless, he—I was not a huge fan of him. There's a lot of things that he was doing that I would, did not agree with, and especially how he handled that—the um, the the conflict in Afghanistan and Iraq. And there's a lot of people that are saying that I was reading uh, that were active duty and that served over there. They're like, yeah, dude. You know, even though I don't like the administration. It's not about that. It's literally about the guy that's right next to you in the foxhole. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it matters. That's 100%. And, and you know what's crazy, too, man, is, like, when I got, like, there's so many things that was going on in the world when I like got back out and everything like that, like, this whole race bull crap and everything. And it's so insane because when you're fighting, there just a numerous amount of races with you. We're all mutts at some point. You know what I mean? There's whites, there's blacks, there's Mexicans, there's black whites, there's uh, Hispanics, there's freaking Puerto Ricans, like everything. But you know, at the end of the day, like none of that shit matters because when it comes really do- comes down to it, that person who's in that foxhole or in that Humvee or in that post with you, I don't care what color you are. We don't care what color you are. You bleed red. You're wearing the green that I'm wearing or the tan that I'm wearing. We all mm-hmm. protect each other. That's like, like, no one gives a shit what color you are or what religion you are. It's just about just saving each other and fighting for the person to your left and to your right. Which is crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And it's such a hard thing to come out of whenever you get out of the military. And then you see like this whole race thing. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> the fuck race what the fuck we talk about race for races shouldn't be an issue but you know some people some people feel like that and some people don't feel like that you know not every human being is the same right well i just let's let's backtrack let's backtrack let's backtrack okay okay let's go years on that okay okay so 18 year old marty yep um Goes off into so where's where's basic for the Marines? Uh, so you have two basics. You got one in Pendleton, and then you have one in uh, South Carolina, Paris Island. Which one do you go to? Paris Island, where real Marines, where real Marines are fucking made, not Hollywood Marines in fucking California. Pussies. The real devil dogs. Yeah, they're pussies over there. Funny story. This is a side note, real quick. 
Yeah. I remember watching his. I used to watch History Channel all the time, literally all the time. Uh-huh. And the uh, it wasn't really a documentary, but it was a. It was basically kind of like a documentary, but like a, a TV show on the the U.S. Marines Sniper School. Yep. And I thought it was real fascinating because the reason I watched it is because my dad was doing the same thing, but on the Army side. He went through like a small um, a small sniper school, like, kind of like that, but just in a short version. Like designated marksman. Yeah, he, he has his marksman badges. Yeah, yeah. Through. So, I mean... Marksman and grenade grenade launcher, the M203, uh, M16, and there's something else. He's a marksman. Yes, anyways, anyways, but he... he was doing the same thing for being uh, a sniper, just in not a full school. So anyways, the cool thing I thought was interesting is when you pass, you you get um, a warthog tooth. Yep. That's what you get. So it's just like a, it's a, I don't know, it was cool to watch. But so you go, so where is that located though? The basic you went to? Uh, Paris Island, South Carolina. That is South Carolina. Okay. So you go to South Carolina. Now, when you get there, mm-hmm. do you do you kind of already know what you want to do, or do you take a little bit of time? And if it was basic for you guys, eight weeks or eight eight weeks as well? No, it's thirteen. Thirteen, okay. Yeah. So, so, so the whole process is is I knew when I signed my paperwork, I wanted to go front lines. I wanted to get revenge for the people who fucking blew up the the twin towers for nine eleven and everything like that. After watching everything that went down and watching what, you know, people jumping out of buildings and plummeting to their deaths and stuff like that, I knew I wanted to go get revenge. So I signed as an O3. So when you sign as an O3, you have a couple different options. So when you, after you get out of boot camp, you have O3-11, O3-31, O3-41, and O3-51, I think. I don't know, I've been out for a long time. Uh, I think those were the other options after you get out of basic. Um, so initially when you sign your paperwork, you're, you're an O3. And then once you get to your school training, that's when you'll be established of your infantry mortar, uh, mortar and assault. Like, fuck man. I forget what it is, but anyways, so you go to boot camp as an O3. Um, and then once you go to your MOS training, that's when you'll be established of what you're actually going to be doing once you get to the fleet. Okay. So when did you decide what, okay, you did decide right off the bat. Okay. So you decided you want to be infantry right off the rip. Yep. Um, okay. So you're 13 weeks and what happens right after that? So after your 13 weeks end, um, then you have a two week break and you go home after boot camp everything like that you go home for two weeks and then you go to a a school called soi which is school of infantry and just say you're not infantry then you go to a school called mct which is marine court marine combat training which is so it's kind of hard to explain so if you're an o3 and you're going to school of infantry it's i think eight weeks but that's your mos training just say you go in as an admin, you have to go through MCT, which is Marine Corps Combat Training, which is three weeks. Then after you do that, then you have to go to your real MOS job, which is admin. Then that's however long it may be. So when they say every Marine's a rifleman, 
those admin or anyone other than like infantry guys or combat related guys went through some kind of combat training before going to their MOS school. If that makes any sense. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of tough to like explain. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I think it, it's it's interesting, like just the different different branches and uh, just how they how they structure uh-huh. structure things. Um, did did you ever get involved in the? Um, hey, you know, you're in the army. You're 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 dumb. Or did you ever get into the kind of like the the branch wars per se? I think everyone gets into branch wars. Uh, regardless of what branch you're in, you could be Air Force, you could be National Guard, you could be whatever, and you could talk talk craziness, you know, amongst each other. Uh, which is fine. I think it builds like camaraderie at the end of the day because you know we might fight with each other with the army, and we might say they suck, and they might say the Marine Corps sucks, and the Air Force would be like, "You guys are pussies," and they might be like, "Hey, the Marine Corps is pussies," and stuff like that. But when if we were all to go to a bar, an Army guy, a Navy guy. Uh, Air Force guy, National Guard, Navy, office, and then some civilian came and said that to us. We would all have each other's backs. So it's not so much a, it's, yeah, yeah, it's not so much like a um, a war amongst each other. It's kind of just like boys just talking shit with each other. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, we all love each other, and each, at the end of the day, we all we all have a part in the military. Well, do you want to hear a funny story, though? Yeah, I'm sure. Actually, not that funny, technically, but... So my dad is... I don't think it's in basic anymore, but they're doing uh, demolition cha- uh, demolition training. And he... Um, they're, they're training with claymores. Mm-hmm. Now, in this training, they're not... They're not making them live, but there's... Yeah, they got like a dummy... You, a dummy claymore. N- yes, but no. So they're actually live, but you don't wire them to be live. So you... I guess he, how oh, so, word is like you're go ahead. So you basically do all the steps, but don't plug anything into Correct. the claymore. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Tracking. So my dad is in a hole mm-hmm. with, uh, I think it was one other guy, and he was transferred, he transferred from the Marines to the Army. Now, supposedly with the Marines, he was a uh, demolition expert. Okay. okay. That's a key, key, uh, key point. Now, I guess they were going through the process, doing the wiring, all that shit. And then my dad looked down and he noticed the wires that you're supposed to connect to make it live. He did just that. And my dad said he literally took his foot and drop kicked the guy out of the hole. And he looked down and the shit should have went off, but it didn't. <sighs> he wired it to go live. I'm telling you. And just and it didn't. That's crazy, my man. My dad should have died right there. Dude upstairs had a plan. Seriously, I wouldn't be here if that was the case. There was a time when I was in uh, I was in weapons training battalion, and like it was like 2012, 2011 maybe. Me and my me and my buddy just got back from uh, we were drinking the beat ups, like we were shit faced, and this gunny came up into me. And we were in like civilian attire, everything like that, not in uniform. Like yo, you guys need to come out with us right now. And we're like, uh, and at the time, I was a sergeant, and the other guy was also a sergeant. 
I'm like, what the fuck? And he was like, you need to come with me right now. So obviously we just got in the truck with him and he drove us out to uh, a location where they were doing EOD, like um, explosive ordnance. Yep. And apparently the EOD guys were doing uh, some kind of room break, like breaching. And one guy tried to put the like the actual C4 on the door, but any end up hitting the C4 that was on his body. So the C4 they had rigged up on the door wasn't attached with all the wires or whatever they do. Because I'm not, not I'm not EOD, obviously. Uh, so I don't know this whole how it works. But somehow they the EOD put. The C4 on a door. And then when they put the CF like the C4 on a door, it was somehow attached to the guy's backpack CF like C4. How was that possible? I don't fucking know. But it ended up blowing up all three of them. <laughs> yeah. We show up. He was the guy who was doing the click click was the third man. He ended up blowing up two guys in front of him and himself. So when so I why did he what yeah, go ahead. So when we showed up, it was us like the helos already came in, they already extracted everybody, but when we showed up it was like a fucking murder scene. Blood everywhere, fucking gauze everywhere, like shit was crazy. Me and my dude me and my boy were like hammered. We're like, what, what the fuck? we looking at we just got back from fucking beatles man we're just looking to go fucking play some rock band now we're looking at fucking blood jesus dude yeah so apparently like i don't know i mean honestly i just don't i don't understand the whole c4 thing or the explosives uh, i've never been part of that never done any of that and so from from what we told what we were told on the way there uh, one of the EOD guys or one of the breachers end up fucking it up and end up blowing up two other people in front of him and himself. So, oh, dude. So my dad had another story. Um, people dying, but so essentially, my grandmother called my dad. It's like, hey, what the fuck's going on? Like, uh, something's happening at your at your basic training because they're in Fort Benning, and that's in Georgia, and uh. That is essentially where the, I believe that's the, that's where the Rangers, I believe, train as well at Fort Benning. So basically, uh, my dad said that one of the drill sergeants, when they're doing their um, their PT in the morning, he's like, you know, they're marching by like where, where the, the Ranger school is. Mm-hmm. He's like, you see that? See, that's where the real men are. So maybe one day you'll get there. And uh, the Rangers came out. Because, what was that? Did the Rangers come out? No. Anyways. So it was funny because it's not funny actually. So they were doing there was a training. They had a a, a group of stands for the I don't know if it was airborne or if it was the Rangers when they they were graduating for airborne. Mm. But essentially, what happened is they have you know when you, that's your graduation, right? You, you jump out of the plane, you mm. land, you're graduated in front of your whole family. Okay, there's there's family. There's, well, that's there's never good. Ups, you know, uh, they probably changed that. Probably. So essentially, um, I don't remember how many he said. I, there's a couple people that their shoots didn't, didn't pull and splat, splat, splat. 
in front of God everybody. damn. Yeah. So um, that, that is crazy. Yep. Speaking of that, dude, caveat that, dude. I know, I know we're going like super far ahead and everything like that. So I'm in Afghanistan, right? Do my shit in Afghanistan. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about things I did in Afghanistan here a little bit. But anyways, we're flying back from Afghanistan. And as we're flying back, we end up getting on the, these commercial air flights. And anytime we do like these kind of like flying overseas, you know, fucking ops and whatever, we take fucking sleeping pills because it's so fucking long. I think my first, like my first one was like eighteen to twenty four hours. We were flying and stopping, flying and stopping. So we take fucking sleeping pills, and then we would just fucking sleep through the whole fucking flight. And then when we got to where we need to be, we'd fine. The great thing about being on these flights is every two, th- like two to three hours, they were feeding us, which is great. So you'd fall asleep, wake up, and there'd be food in front of you. Then you'd fall asleep again. Wake up, food, food, whatever. So we get on this flight in Afghanistan. And at the time, I was a team leader. And I seen this little handicapped like, seat at the time. So I'm like, what the fuck is this about? So I walk up to this handicapped spot. It's all by itself. There's no one beside me. Not to my left, not to my right. I got like tons of room in front of me. Uh, like Nothing. Just so you guys know, uh, for YouTube, there wasn't anyone handicapped on our plane. It was all Marines and everything like that. There was no handicapped people. It was just all Marines coming from Afghanistan. So they know this is also published on Spotify? Yeah, or, uh, same thing with Spotify. Uh, so, so I grabbed this seat, dude. I popped four fucking Tylenol PMs. I'm racked the fuck out, dude. <laughs> snoring, snoring, you know? I wake up, there's chicken in front of me. I'm like... Bet, dude, chicken. So I go to eat this chicken, but I didn't have like the right utensils to like cut my chicken all the way. You know, like when you cut chicken, like there's always like a piece and there's like a slimy piece or like a stringy piece off of that. Like a tendon or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then like there's something like a small piece attached to that tendon. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, if I choose this big piece over here and swallow that, like the tendon, everything will go down. And you have something to wash it down, like water or, or Coke or something? Yeah. Well, that was my mindset. And guess what? What? I started fucking choking. You start choking on a plane? <laughs> this is, I swear to God on my life, this is a true story. Yeah, dude. The motherfucking chicken got stuck in my fucking throat. So now, now, I'm sitting here thinking, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, I, I did two combat deployments, fought with many, many Iraqis, Afghanistans. I shot at them, they shot at me, uh, and now I'm dying to chicken, right? So as I'm, t- as I'm thinking this, I'm starting to like gag because I'm like losing air. I'm like... <clears throat> <clears throat> Like, I'm literally gagging now at this point because I can't breathe. So I start pounding my chest to try to get this chicken out of my fucking throat. Then I start thinking about, like, my mom literally just drove three and a half, or, I'm sorry, 
She literally just drove eight and a half hours to come see me get off the plane or off the bus. But she's going to see me get carried out of a fucking like, body bag because I died the chicken on a plate. <laughs> so, did someone do the Heimlich on you? No. So, what I'm doing was because no one even knew I was like choking. No one knew because everyone, everyone was passed out asleep. And I'm fucking. Oh. And I'm in the only seat by myself. Oh my god, dude. So then I start pounding my chest and then I start like rocking myself as hard as I can against the like the the chair. And I finally yeah. I finally got it up. Dude, someone probably woke up, looked at you, like, oh it's the handicapped guy and went back to sleep. <laughs> I mean they wouldn't do that because they know I'd fuck them up. Uh, not you're losing the battle of chicken, so I doubt that. <laughs> they didn't know that. Well, they would have found out some way. Well, now they will, but they didn't know that. They probably still don't know us today. I never told anybody. Except family. It good There's a good reason why you shouldn't have told anybody. Yeah, now I'm fucked. My whole mm -hmm. reputation's screwed. Too late. <laughs> Marine Corps veteran almost yeah. died on the fucking plane flying back from Afghanistan. Did survive two combat deployments and almost died to chicken. Go figure. That's why you don't go to the Marine Corps. That's yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like a commercial shirt right there, yo. <laughs> uh, all right. So, at what point? So you, okay. So you're. Where, where did we leave off? So your basic training was done after 13 weeks. Then what? Second. Sorry. Okay. So you're. Basic training's done. Thirteen weeks. Uh huh. I don't remember what happened. So then, what happens after you got out of basic? Did you get deployed right away? No. So after you get out of basic, you go to a school school of infantry SOI, mm. and then once you finish SOI, which is uh, so infantry people who go to that school, that's their MOS school. People who are not infantry go through a school called MCT. Which just gives them all the combat training they will need. And then they go to, to their official school. Uh, admin, pilots, whatever whatever the fuck it is. Whatever their MOS is after that. You, what would you go to then? SOI. Okay. I think, I there. believe I was there for eight weeks. Okay. I actually don't remember how long my, my schooling was. But I think it was eight weeks. And then from there I went, I graduated SOI in 05. And then went to 1st Battalion, 6th Marines, which is in Lejeune, um, December of 05. So once you went to Lejeune, yep. then at what point did you get deployed then? September. First deployment? You know what's crazy? Hmm. Your birthday I deployed. 06. Really? I deployed September 11th, 2006 to Iraq. Wow. I was only 16. <laughs> how, old, how old were you when you deployed? Uh, I'm, I just turned 19. Jeez. But how crazy is that? You, you're flying on a plane uh, and the reason you signed up 
is because of uh, planes flew into Twin Towers, and now you're on a plane flying to Iraq on the day this happened. It's messed up. It's crazy. Yeah, my cousin, he did one tour. He went one tour, I think he was in Afghanistan. And he was in an area, his, uh, he's in the Air Force, he did logistics. So he was, uh, he's loading like all the, the, the Hercules and all, he's loading those up for all the other branches. Yeah. So all, all the, um, the transport, uh, big, big planes, like AC-130, not AC-130, but like the, um, like those size planes essentially. So he put the, the base he was at, he had RPGs going over every single day, like every single day. And not that it was, it they were doing anything. It's just that they were trying to instigate more or less oh yeah i mean that's that's the thing too is like uh they don't even hit you it's more of an annoyance as like we had shit happen to us all the time in afghanistan where we would fucking be laying in our beds and next you know the fucking alarm is coming off because we have rounds coming down range or mortars or or rockets or something like that, and then you have to get up, you get a gear on, you gotta go to a fucking hut, and you gotta do all this other bullshit. At some point, like, you just don't give a fuck at that point. Like, you guys aren't, you guys aren't even close to hitting us, but we have to still do this bullshit, this nonsense. Yeah. Which I understand, because, you know, like, as a leader in the military, like, you have to do something to protect your guys, mm-hmm. but they weren't even close. Like what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Jesus, David, yeah, it's, the, it's they're just trying to instigate more or less. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, it honestly just my, pissed people off. Yeah, pretty much. And then my step, not step in uncle, but like so my grandfather, he's pretty much a grandfather, but like he, he's not my real grandfather. His son and his wife met in the Air Force. Uh, they're both now retired. Uh, one was a colonel. One was a general. They got both very, very high up, like super high. They were working for the Pentagon at one at towards the end. Um, they they did a tour or two in Afghanistan, Afghanistan or Iraq. They're in the Air Force, and they I think when they did that, they uh, they're fl- they're flying Blackhawks for for transport. Oh man, Blackhawks so, was so good I, too. I remember seeing one of uh, one of their manuals for those things. Uh huh. It's insane. It's insane. It's like, Dude, it's fucking man. nuts. The the amount of stuff they have to know is ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. But they're so helpful. I I can't say anything about you know black ops. I never actually worked with this way. An Air Force person can't do some push-ups, but they can read a book. You know. I mean, I can use some crowns. I wrote that book with crowns, so I mean. <laughs> what? Yeah. What's up? Now what's up? That's what I thought. Okay, so um, inside joke. That's not even an inside joke. From my understanding, Air Force PT is a joke, but that's just that's just what I've heard. So, anyways, before I get yelled at, so you get deployed in oh six, yep. right? Oh six, oh seven, and wh- and where'd you head when you got first deployed? So I was deployed to Ramadi, Iraq. Uh, I was at the Gov Center from oh six to oh seven. Shit was How was it? it? Um, I mean, was it fun? Did you have your toes in the sand? Like, 
Like, how was it? So, I mean, from a civilian side of the house, it might not sound very fun. But from a person who signed up to do what he needed to do, it was very fun. Could you elaborate? Yeah. So, a lot of people, uh, civilian side, they might not think of maybe hurting individuals or something like that. But signing up to do what I wanted to do. Um, you got to do it. Got to do it, yeah. So that part's fun. So th- but the- theoretically speaking, mm-hmm. so theoretically speaking, you you send some jihads to meet Allah, per se. Oh yeah, I arranged a meeting. Okay, that's all you got to say. All right. But um, but I will say this though. All the attacks and everything I did, they always engaged first. It wasn't us. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. I want to even ask that question. You, what? I'll ask that question. You let me know if you don't want to answer, and that's totally fine. Okay. So when you arrange the meeting, per se, uh-huh. what, for the first time, what, did you did you realize what you did? Did you did you ponder more on that? Maybe after the fact, after like say your heart rate slows down, you're at the barracks or you're somewhere and you're just relaxing, kind of like when you start to slow down. Is that when you start thinking about it? Like what what is that process like? I can actually tell you my first time I actually killed somebody. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh we were on post. It was like two o'clock and three o'clock in the morning. We're just chilling, hanging out um, on post. And I was with this guy I really don't really truly care for at the time. Okay. Um, he was a superior of mine, but a lot of things were... There was a lot of things that me and had like had issue with. I feel like he had something against me, and then like, I beat him a couple of things and stuff like that. But we had some issues. But we were on post together. And it's crazy because to think of... That this guy was on post with me when I had to do this. So at the time when we were there, the rules of, of engagement were if someone was turkey peeking, like looking around corners, they had like uh, a flashlight, they had binoculars, anything uh, where we were at, that we were cleared hot to kind of like engage. Uh, and it was like I said, it was like two o'clock in the morning. We're sitting on post and we're he looks at me, he's like, you just, you see this guy? That we saw him about. And then, uh, so I stand up, and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and I finally see the guy. And the dude is carrying an AK, and he's got a fucking, um, like a flashlight on him. And he's like pushing up towards us, pushing up towards us. So I hop on my 240, and then as I hop on my 240, I'm sitting there looking, and then that's when I got the, like the, we call it into the COC, we get the green light, and just want to put the guy down. Uh, one bullet? Oh no, it was a burst. It was it was definitely a six to seven round burst. <laughs> and then uh so I dropped him and then he ended up running around the corner and then uh, we had like these uh like these solar lights, but you could only see him through MVGs. I forget what they're called now. Yep. Um, and then a couple of my buddies on the other post ended up popping shots at him. He ran back into me. 
And then I uh, put another three to four round burst into his chest. He dropped. Cried around the corner. Next day, his people came, picked him up, had to wave flags out, and carried him away. Isn't that interesting? Even in battle, there's a, there's a subtleness to it, um, which has been going on for, I feel like, you name it. I, di um, I disagree, though. How so? The Taliban would never let anyone if they were to if they were to kill one of my buddies, there's no shot you that go pick him up? Yeah, there were no shot they're gonna let us pick him up. No. Compared to so why did you why did you guys let the I mean just just policy? You... Uh it might be something with the Jeevan convention convention, but also oh. at the same time it's just it's respecting to show them like we're not here to fuck you guys up, man. We don't want to. But we will fuck you up. We we don't have a problem with it. You wanted to. You really wanted to. I mean, yeah, I don't mind it. And I still don't mind it. Because at the end of the day, that dude was trying to creep on us. So he said, what, just scouting? Just a recount or what? Uh, I mean, he could have been doing on numerous things. Uh, we never actually pushed over to figure out what was on his body. But he could have been, you know, scouting. He could have been pushing up to put an IED on our fucking doors. Or we're exiting, he could have put ID on our uh, on the on the road. I mean, there's tons of things that he could have been doing. Yeah, that's true. But at the time, I mean, that's what should have been pushing up with an AK, bro. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, you were in a base, right? Yeah, we were in. Yeah, we were in our fob. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's so. so... But like, how? So you took you took a life, right? I mean, so like, did you? To, to just like just did it hit you at some point did um i'm assuming you felt some sort of remorse for that but like what internally like what did that did that do anything to you uh no huh so duly noted Be don't fuck with marty Hill. <laughs> uh you so let me put it this way right so like when i'm over there or anyone's over there you have two two things Keep your boys alive, keep yourself alive, and then they kill people who try to save, like, kill your brothers. Or your brothers. Right? So, when that guy attacked us, I knew, one, he was trying to do harm to my people. So, therefore, I didn't chase that guy down. I didn't bring him to fight us. I didn't uh, do anything to encourage him to come to us. He did that on his own will. And he knew what the repercussions were. And it, it, it could be he didn't like us being there. That's fine. Whatever. We get it. We, you don't like us being there. But you knew what the repercussions were if you were to come upon us at this time. Now, it's completely different if I'm here in America and I'm just walking down the street and I have to shoot somebody or something like that. It's just random, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have to shoot somebody. <laughs> in America, like I don't think that's a thing. What well, is a thing? Yeah, but it's probably a little bit different, I guess. That's fair. Yeah, like your mentality is not into like a kill or be killed mindset. Your mentality in America is, I'm just spending the day with my kid. And next thing you know, you got to fucking kill somebody. Well, it's like it, I think maybe it's more of a Hollywood thing, but um, with you know American Sniper, uh, how they depict. Uh, Chris Kyle, when he's, you know, you see that 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 notorious scene of that kid picking up an AK, 
Was it an AK or RPG? I think it was an AK. Uh, I mean, kids do kids do that shit, man. Kids do help it help the Taliban out. Here's the thing, though. It's I don't think they they help them on purpose. I think it's th they're forced to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, one hundred percent. I've heard stories like. I mean, one hundred. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. They help them out. Yeah. And they're being forced. So this kid, so you you know the scene I'm talking about? He 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 drops a guy. I've actually never uh, seen the movie. Jesus Christ, I did. So, anyways, he he drops a guy. Yep. Then essentially, what happens is he's 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 covering over um, an American uh, convoy. Okay. So he's covering the convoy and just kind of scoping it out. And sure enough, two people, uh, an adult and a, and a kid, uh, both are, are trying to do something to the convoy with an RPG. Uh -huh. So Chris Kyle, I believe, I think it's Chris Kyle, drops the, the, the guy. The kid, is he literally in a scope is looking at the kid. The kid is literally contemplating on picking that shit up and doing it himself. And he's like, and Chris Kyle, obviously, to protect his convoy, is like, you literally see him you know, saying this, like, don't pick it up, kid. Don't pick it up. Yeah, well, I mean, and you got to do what you got to do. Picks it up, picks it up, and then just about as, I think just about as he was about to pull the trigger on him, drops the RPG and runs away. Yeah. And you just see, you see... The relief. The, the relief yeah. on his face. So I don't know if that's just Hollywood showing that, but... No, I mean, there's, there was a time when I was in Afghanistan where we got word that kids were watching... Uh, patrols go through and they're writing numbers down how many people we had how many fucking weapons we had uh, how we were patrolling and they were passing it up to their leaders yeah it's just it's just messed up man it, again it just gives you the feel of Vietnam you know booby traps um, oh yeah 100% know, are, <sighs> the, the, the civilians the, 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 for example the the Viet Congs, Viet Cong, and the civilians at that time in the seventies, sixties and seventies in Vietnam, you couldn't tell them apart, not at all. Same thing. You fast forward to early two thousands with Middle East, same thing. You can't tell who who jihad is and civilian is. You just can't tell. That's right. So these people people are getting these encounters where it's like, hey, I'm trying to help out a civilian because you know that's just the American thing to do realistically, um, and end up getting and end up getting blown up. Because it's you know a chick that is helping out the the jihad, you know what I mean. Uh -huh. So it's just like it, it's it's a it's a tough tough warfare to be in instead of like you know World War Two where um, you have your fronts, you know you you have these two fronts that are fighting each other and but and there's a yep. But the also too on that aspect is yeah, it's very tough. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, that's what makes. The military that we're in so great because we're not just going out and just looking for somebody with this uniform and with these colors or anything like that we're looking for the people who are being bad but they all look the same but we're not killing everybody who looks the same we're only hurting people and doing things to people who try to do something to us you know what i mean so what it comes down to is they all look the same. They all are doing the same shit. But at the end of the day, we're not trying to hurt everybody. We're only trying to hurt people who are trying to, one, hurt the, the civilians that are there or the community they have going on with them. And then trying to hurt our brothers and sisters.
Yeah, I just it, it's it's crazy how if it, it feels like uh, I can't say it feels like it appears that there's so much discretion because like you have not so much just like should I be calling this in before I pull the trigger? Should I, do I have time to do that? Uh, do I just do it to because I feel as I need to protect my my unit? No. Um, I'd rather I'd rather be six. I'd rather so this is the thing that we say. I'd rather be carried by six than judged by twelve. And so carried by six meaning you're dead in a box and six people are carrying you to your grave, or are you willing to be judged by twelve people or anybody else in the world? So I'd rather pull the trigger, and then yeah. if I'm into a situation, and then be judged by whoever. Then be dead because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, instead of getting an article, you might as well just do it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Unfortunately, so, I mean, very fortunately, I was never put into a situation where I had to like make that call. It was always I was always engaged first, and then uh, I engaged back. Right. I'll do my first one. Jeez. So, I guess so. Seeing you, you've already been talking for an hour, which is crazy. I feel like we talked for hours and hours. Um, that kind of takes us to the next point. So there's, there's, I feel like there's soldiers, and then there's soldiers who, who exhibit heroism. And it's funny because, like, I feel as though, and you could probably attest to this. There's, there's soldiers and stories that, um, that aren't told. You know, there's probably there's so many that we probably even know about. You know, forever. You know, World War Two, Vietnam, Korea. Um, Revolutionary War. There's so many probably untold stories, but you yourself have from some stories that um, that do exhibit heroism and are uh, are depicted in a book, um, which I will a um, couple things. I'll put the link in in the the video in the description, and I will also um, put up a picture of the book. Um, on the video so that you can see what the, the book looks like yeah so, so the book i'm sorry go ahead hey, hey i'm introduct i'm introducing you okay man? i'm sorry dude i'm sorry 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 bro I'm trying to do you some justice here god You're damn it i'm shitting over me i know i'm an asshole i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah, I, know, I know we don't I, you don't have to tell me twice so um the book that that uh that marty is in is called they were heroes a, a sergeant major's tribute to combat marines of iraq and afghanistan um, there is two different versions you can you can you can purchase. Uh, there's a, a hardcover uh, version and a Kindle version. If you have a Kindle version, um, we'll have to talk separately. So um, that's that's an insult. So uh, this this book was published in uh, 2015. Now, just a little bit of synopsis on on this book, uh, which you know uh, Marty is going to elaborate on uh, some of his experiences and, and kind of what. Uh, why more or less why he's in this in this book itself so a, a brief synopsis um so sergeant major devaney's they were heroes presents moving portraits of warriors uh who have not been fully celebrated kind of like we were just talking about there's a lot of stories that are untold and you know you never never hear of uh his stories recognize the heroism of those who fought in these deadly conflicts and place their lives at risk uh to assure the safety of their fellow marines uh, for these Marines, no Medal of Honor is enough for, for bravery. Nonetheless, though uh, not his main purpose, 
Uh, Devaney calls attention to the practice of awarding medals itself, that often these warriors received uh, awards that were below um, below what their deeds merited. Uh, no less disturbing is the uh, revelation that medals were often awarded by rank and not always by action. The the lives presented in Devaney's books or Devaney's book uh, call attention to the fact that many hero or heroes of these deadly conflicts have gone unrecognized. So, um, where where do we start? So, if people want to fast track in the book to see to, to see your experience and to see your stories, what what page would they start on or chapter? I should say. They gotta buy it. Oh my god, I just I literally just fucked you up. You just, you should have seen your face when I said that. Oh my god <laughs> Uh to be honest with you, I don't on on it like uh I don't know the the page numbers but I can find out. Um give me one second. Let me text my wife. So while he's while he's texting his wife. But here um, I, I can explain I can explain uh, what the book's about. If you would like. Yeah, go ahead. I mean so, elaborate it as much as you want. Yeah, so this book is basically a, a, a bunch of stories that are legit true one hundred percent stories about things that people have done um in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, from going from Marines to Army to Navy to Air Force to any any of the branches, yeah. Uh, and the whole thing about this book is, is uh, you 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 hear a lot of people you know talk about the Code of Meyer, which is a, a Medal of Honor uh, Medal of Honor winner right now. Uh, he's done a crazy, 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 crazy shit while he was over there. But there's also tons of people who have done things like that, just never been heard of. So this book is uh, to give the American people an idea of what other people are doing, other servicemen and women are doing, but have never been heard, have never been told, never been recognized um, on any kind of level. And that's what this book's about. See, so just to, to stop you there, does he ever fact check? Like, I mean, how does he know these these uh, stories per se are true? So the good thing about him being a sergeant major and him writing his book is he can reach out to anybody, and he not only can he reach out to anybody, uh, the sergeant major is actually a complete fucking badass. This dude's a fucking. I'm not going to say what he is or what he's done or anything like that. Uh, I'm not going to put him on blast. But have, you, he's, have you met him? I have, Sorry, yeah. Tavani? I did. Okay. Yeah, so I met him uh, when I was in the Marine Corps back in 2011 to 13, 2010 and 13. And the reason I... So, how I met him was I got out of I got out of one six. Got stationed into Quantico as weapons training battalion. I was, became a, a rifle coach. And then we were getting ready to go to the Marine Corps Ball. And I realized that I had another fucking uh, like ribbon. So when you have another ribbon, 
You gotta change up your whole fucking stack up on your chest and everything like that. Just a pain in the ass, man. It sucks. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, so I went to at the time, which Sergeant Major Devaney was there. I said, "Hey, Sergeant Major," I said, "I got a uh, another Nam with a V." I said, "I just don't know what the fuck it's for." It's just like a legit Nam. Do I think I gotta put a star on or what's up? So he ended up doing some research and he ended up getting me to my citation for the Nam, and uh, that's whenever he ended up reading in my my first one from. Six, and uh, when I was in Ramadi, and he read my second one from Afghanistan, and that's whenever he decided to put me in a book. <laughs> it's crazy. That's crazy how that happened. Honestly, I know. I agree. So the, I'm gonna let's see. So I do have a, a summary of, um, of action, um, which is is pretty lengthy. I was able to get that information by someone that has the information. Don't want to speak of that, but uh, I have a brief, brief information of, of something that, that I'm able to see that's not uh, redacted and or not confident. Well, it is confidential, but not to the extent of where it's there's a legal purposes. So um, a little bit of, of a generalization of this. I'm just going to read a little bit. So let's see. For meritorious um, achievement while serving as rifleman, 1st Platoon, Company B, 1st Battalion, 6th Marines, um, is that I Brigade? That's, yeah, 1st Brigade, I Brigade, uh, combat I, team. I can just give like a rundown if you want me to. Do it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got the information from me. Uh, so, when I was in Iraq, we got fucking uh, B-Bid IED'd by a fucking dump truck. If you want to leave the, like, the whole story, man, I'm all about, like, doing another podcast. If you guys want, like, a legit breakdown of why I'm in the book, exactly why I'm in the book, I can explain all of this in detail. Uh, from top to finish, I can go through all both both details and both, like, chapters. Uh, but basically what it came down to was a uh, vehicle born in ID came in, blew up. And as it blew up, we got hit by multiple IADs and then multiple, not multiple IADs, multiple RPGs, excuse me, and multiple RPGs. And when that happened, and mortars, when that happened, it closed on my buddy's lungs, and then we had to get him to fucking, uh, to the hospital. Obviously, a lot more went into that story, and the reason I'm in the book is a lot more goes into it, but... So, how I know I know we're kind of running out of time, but how do you feel? Um, yeah. Well, first, first question is: so you you save someone's life essentially, right? Yeah. How do you do? You feel as though that your um, obviously I don't I I kind of know you already, but I, I this is kind of a stupid question, but. I presume you didn't, you, you weren't looking for any, you weren't looking for any uh, recognition for that. You were just doing your job. You were doing what you felt as though you needed to do for your team and your, um, you know, your med, correct? Yeah, 100%. Like, um, what, when something like that happens and it's something that needs to happen with like one of your fellow, like, brothers, 
there's no time to think. It's just, you just got to go. You just got to do whatever you have to do. And if you die in the process, you just die in the process. But at the end of the day, like you try to do whatever you could for whoever it was. Um, but there was, there's no recognition. I don't think I did anything above and beyond, to be honest with you. Uh, some people may disagree with me and they may say that, you know, you did and didn't or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but me personally, I don't think I did anything um, that I shouldn't have done. You, I feel like so I th you, you essentially feel as though you were not a hero. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I'm a hero. I don't think I'd, I just did what I had to do. Mm -hmm. So and but that's cool though. I mean, it it again. It is it just shows that like you're you're thinking above above you. You weren't thinking about yourself. Um, I didn't. Here, here's another funny thing too. Is I got a Nam, so a Navy Achievement Medal without a V. So a V is for Valor. A Nam, a Nam is for someone who like does like tours for Tots. There was a person who in Ramadi, Iraq, where I was at. They made six thousand PB like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They got a NAM for. What I, yeah. So they got a NAM for that, and then what I did, I got a NAM for. So, but and like for me personally, I don't care about ribbons. I don't care about fucking. The uniform. I don't care about fucking stacks. I don't care about who you are or what you've been through or anything like that. I don't care about any of that. So whenever they're like, you got a NAM, and I was like, all right, bet, whatever. That's just another fucking ribbon I got to put on my fucking chest. It's going to cost me fucking money. I got to spend money. Then I got to do all this time to line this shit up. Like, I don't give a fuck. More of a hassle. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. My buddy's, my buddy's alive. He's thriving right now. He's got two kids. Oh. At the end of the day, I don't think I'm a hero. I don't think I did anything that I was not supposed to do. Um, it is what it is. Should I title the podcast? Uh, tr Dill drinks with, with Marty a hero or not? You decide. <laughs> yeah, dude, do that. Yeah. Uh, that should be I a title. <laughs> you decide. Yeah. Oh man. See a bot? Uh, What's up? See, uh, what, seriously, but real life bot. Um, but no. I, I again. I my personal opinion. I think that uh, you, you know, being in a military family myself, you know, I. So many people have been in the military around me. I mean, my dad, his uncle served in Korea. Uh, my uncle, who's in the Air Force, my cousin, who's in the Air Force, still. Uh, you know, I have a lot of people around me that have been in the military. So, like, in my opinion, I feel as though you are a hero, but not not so much where it's like a glorified hero, but someone that did his duty and did what he needed to do and was supposed to do and what was expected of him to do, but also did something extra that was heroic. Well, I mean, that's, it's a that's why that's why I see it. Well, I think uh, I I think I have to agree with you, but uh, the, um, and that's what the book's about, though. Is there's people who have gone above and beyond um, to do things, 
and but their normal society doesn't see. And that's what the book's about is to show people that when you're sleeping at at night, these people are out there doing an amazing things to help individuals, whether it's their own bodies or other people um, in Iraq and Afghanistan to save them. Uh, and they just don't know about it. And that's what the book's about. And you guys can you can purchase the book on Amazon. Uh, again, I'll put the link in the description. Uh, again, there's a Kindle version or um, there's a hardcover uh, version as well. Um, so if you do want to check it out, I, I highly recommend that. Um, so definitely, definitely pick one up if you can. So you can read, you know, multiple stories, but, you know, uh, based on valor and hero- heroism, uh, not just about Marty, but um, other individuals who, um, kind of like what we said, have stories that were untold, but now are told. Uh, True. So definitely, definitely recommend picking that the, the book up, rather, you know, whatever version is most comfortable for you. Um, so I would say we could end on there. And then I think in another episode, we could definitely, um, spend that time, um, speaking details on, on their heroes and, and your, um, your heroic acts. If that, if that's something you'd want to do. Ah, uh, of course. Yeah. As long as that people want to hear it. I don't care if they don't want to hear it. They're going to hear it. Okay. I'm about they're it, bro. It. I'm about it. All right. So I think we're going to close it out. Um, so essentially, you know, and until next time, I'll just find your roots, uh, find your roots and dig it, you know, no matter what that is, um, digitally, uh, something, your interests, you know, find what that is, find that root of something that you enjoy and dig it. So with that, um, you know, I'm gonna to close this out and hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your night. I want to thank you for, for listening. And if you are listening, Please subscribe to the the YouTube and like, um, share it with your friends and such. You know we're gonna keep on diving into a lot of topics. You know from from military aspects of video games, video games, a uh, bunch of different topics. You're gonna it's it's very very um, vast more or less. But uh, you will see you'll see a lot of Marty on here. Um, he's a a fun guest. We'll put it that way. But our next episode will be um, essentially military it's actually it's kind of it's actually a good a good um a kind of a good intro to to what we're going to talk about next week and or maybe not next week but like um i'm trying to think when i'm going to publish it per se but so we're going to record essentially on uh military and video games and kind of the the cohesive relationship between them two and the positives and negatives and we're going to have another guest that is currently in the, the U.S. Army. So we'll have a different perspective rather than a Marine. You know, she's so, um, so we'll have a little bit of different perspective, which is cool. But nonetheless, um, military folk in, in general. So, um, Marty, any, any closing words? I appreciate everybody who's stopping by, hanging out, man. Uh, if you do have any kind of questions, man, please put them in the comments. We'll answer, I'll, again, I'm an open book. I'll answer any questions anyone may have, uh, as I'm sure, as well as Prime. So, therefore, put, them, put all your questions into comments. I swear to God, we'll answer every single one of them. And then uh, we'll have to see you next time. Name's Tony, by the way. You know that. Okay, well, I call you Prime. and I know, I know. Yeah, okay, fine. Tony. Tony. So, anyways, with that, again, 
Uh, Until next time, find your roots and dig it. I'm out.